Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in here at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, those listening in via the podcast, thanks to Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, as well as Our Heart Radio, we're glad that you all could be with us as well. We're excited to welcome Carrie Slotman to our program today. Carrie's written a great new book that I had a chance to read called Tell Me One Thing. We'll talk to her not only about the characters she's able to create, but I think also some interesting topics that readers will enjoy being able to explore themselves. The book is one of those things, I think, that makes us not only look at our lives differently, but also an appreciation for life as well. We'll talk to Carrie about the motivation for the book, but also what it's been like for her to see the early response to it, too. Carrie, thank you so much for the time. Really do appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, the pleasure is definitely all mine. Carrie, I really enjoyed this book, and again, I went into it not really sure what to expect, but I love the fact that we're able to kind of get a really, really cool look at these two main characters, but also some other great characters he introduced us to, and we'll get into that a bit. But what has it been like for you? I know the book literally just came out as we're beginning this year, but what has it been like for you to see the early response to it? It's been really exciting. So, yeah, the book came out on January 31st, and I've had some really great events and starting to get – reviews now that people are actually reading it, uh, which has been really rewarding. Um, but it's a whirlwind, you know, when your book comes out and it's finally a real thing in the real world. So I'm feeling really grateful right now and, and really uh, excited about it having a life of its own outside of me. Yeah, exactly. I, I When I was prepping for this segment with you, Carrie, I watched a, a great interview that you did uh, where you kind of talked about kind of the inspiration um, for the book, uh, a real-life experience that had happened with a photographer and its subject. What was it like for you to kind of bring that to life in your own way, to be able to show how a photograph that can seem innocent enough to some may end up sharing something powerful and controversial to other people? Yeah, so this, uh, so the inspiration for Tell Me One Thing is actually a photograph that was taken by real-life photographer Mary Ellen Mark in 1990. Um, she had been sent by Life magazine to photograph kids in a school for troubled children in rural North Carolina. And she met this young subject, Amanda, there, who was nine years old at the time. And, you know, she was just really drawn to her. She was very precocious. Um, she was living a really challenged, hard life, but was you know, clearly smart and creative and interesting. And and so when Mary Ellen was leaving town, she went to say goodbye to Amanda and found her in her backyard in a kiddie pool in a bikini with like full makeup on, fake nails, smoking a cigarette and caught this incredibly provocative image of that. And, you know, also very problematic image of that. This is a nine-year-old girl. Um, You can start to tell some things about her life just based on that photograph. So I had studied that photograph. I studied art alongside writing when I was in college, and I had studied that photograph in contemporary art classes and just was so drawn to it. Um, It just resonated a lot with some of my own upbringing as well. So um, when Mary Ellen passed away in 2015, NPR found Amanda, who was now, you know, no longer a little girl, obviously, and she was in her late 30s, and they asked her uh, many questions, but one of them was, why did you allow yourself to be photographed? And she said she always thought someone would see that photograph and come and help her. And that was really heartbreaking to hear, um, especially coming, you know, I've worked over 20 years in the art world, and I know that there's a lot of conversations about how artists and the relationship with artists and their subjects, but 
There's right. not a whole lot of intervention in these kinds of situations, especially doing that kind of work um, that Mary Ellen was doing, which is really sort of social um, documentary photography. So, you know, I thought I really want to tell a story. I fictionalized it, obviously, and created a different scenario. But I wanted to tell the story of the subject, too. So, um, you know, using that as a jumping point, I set my book in 1980. It begins. It goes, travels through almost present tense to 2019. Um, but really looks at, you know, what happens if this photograph actually launches an artist's career? You know, what kind of responsibility or sense of responsibility is heightened with that kind of uh, situation? And then also the challenging life of the girl. You know, there's a, there's a lot of hardness in the book, but I want it to be really authentic to what it's like to struggle and be in places where you're not getting a lot of support and to, you know, bring some voice to a community that's often really overlooked. Yeah. Exactly. And and I love that. I love the way that you're able to, and tell me one thing, Carrie, kind of show, even at a young age, how Lulu saw Quinn, uh, who is, of course, um, in, in, in your book, the photographer, and thinking about even her name, how cool her name was, and, you know, and wanting to see her again. You know, I, I when I was reading this book, I thought, too, of course, remembering that it was a novel, the thing that kept coming to my mind is that, and I mentioned it to you before we went live here, is that we all have heard that saying, a picture's worth a thousand words. And a lot of times, as you said, we don't a lot of times think about the impact a photo can have and what the picture can say. What was that like for you to play with as you were kind of able to create these characters, Carrie, and think about their own stories? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, photography is so powerful for the, especially photography that has, you know, uh, subjects that are, are people, living subjects. So I think it's such a powerful medium to tell you a story, and I completely agree this. So there's a reason why that saying is there. I think when you look at photographs, they have a lot of potential to convey meaning, to convey ideas. I think um, as a writer, it's a really fascinating idea that you can get that much story in a snapshot, right? Like we don't, you know, we try to do that as writers as much as we can. Like how do you convey a really interesting story and really, you know, concisely and, and in a way that readers are going to engage with? So I think just um, as I was thinking about every, every scene as I was writing this book, I thought about that. I thought about if this was a photograph, like what would this look like as a photograph? I also, um, there's another photographer who's worked in, in addition to Mary Ellen Marks, who I've always really been drawn to is Nan Golden. And she did a lot of photography in sort of the mid uh, 70s through the 80s and, and to present day. She's still um, an active photographer. But she chronicled, you know, this kind of 1980s era that you find in my book. And so there's a little bit of like nods to her in the, in the book as well of, you know, some of the photographs Quinn takes or some of the scenarios that the characters are in are inspired by photographs that Nan took herself. And so I wanted to really give photography that, that shine a light on it in that way throughout the book. Um, well, it's not ultimately about photography. Um, hopefully, you know, people will learn something a bit about the art world in that sense. There was a great deal of research that went into that time. But, but yeah, I think, um, you know, as a writer, we're always looking, at least I am, I'm always looking to art for inspiration, and I'm always looking to other creative mediums to think about um, how to put words together, how to put sentences together. It's almost more exciting to me than looking at other literature because I think there's a lot of, you know, ways that you can be creative within a book um, and still tell the story you need to tell and still follow some of the rules that people expect to see when they're reading a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I think that is one of the, 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 the interesting things about this book as well is that, you know, as you're, you know, able to – get us into these characters, uh, Carrie, th thinking about how 
what may seem one thing for one person is another thing for another. It's very obvious, and I'll talk around this so I don't spoil it, but for Lulu, in a conversation with BB, you can tell that she, in her mind, looks at you know, that interaction with who we, you know, we get to know as Quinn as almost an escape, a way maybe for a better life for herself, right? You know, even at that age, you know, thinking about that being, you know, a model of something. What was that like for you? Because, I mean, you did not make life easy. Ironically, I would say for our audience, for either of these women, because Quinn has her own issues. I'm going to get word to Quinn later. But what was it like for you to kind of think about the environment that Lulu was in and how, for her, what may seem like a simple photograph uh, to some, really, you know, for her, could have been the window of maybe an escape to a better life. Yeah, I think for Lulu, you know, I think when you're living in really challenging circumstances, and just for for the benefit of anyone, for people who haven't read this yet, um, Lulu is living in a really rural area of Pennsylvania. It's actually a real place that I stopped through once on a road trip of my own, and mm. I changed the name of it, <laughs> but it is a place that exists. And I remember stopping there and thinking, we stopped to get gas on a road trip, and I thought, oh, wow, like, what is it like to grow up right here? And it kind of coincided with also, you know, the inspiration for the book, and I thought, I'm going to set the book here. So, you know, just there's, there's so many different things that can create a challenging environment, and one of them is geography, you know, where you're physically located and what access you have to things. And I think, you know, I grew up in this semi-rural area of southeast Detroit where, you know, Anything that was not the, the normal thing I was used to seeing felt like a potential window or portal to another place. You know, I, I and I think that like some of that of my own personal longing when I was young, I, I was able to kind of work out through Lulu. But I think that's really real. I think when you live in places where you don't feel like you belong there, um, you're always looking for escape routes. And I think, um, you know, Quinn showing up in this place where Lulu is not used to seeing people like, which Lulu says this in the book, she's not used to seeing people like Quinn come through her town, you know, you, you, and especially not interacting with you in that way. I think that, you know, everything holds a little bit of possibility. And, you know, part of Lulu's strength is that she's always, you know, she's always fighting. She's always, you know, it's, it's, she has a lot of struggle, but I do think she's actually a very hopeful character because I think in order to have struggle, you have to be hopeful. Um, I think that, that those two things coexist with each other and are kind of dependent on each other. And so, um, you know, I really wanted to, again, be authentic to what her life would be like if these were the circumstances she grew up in. So, you know, there were times where I'm like, I could really give her a break right here, but in real life, would she have had a break right here? Would What would have really happened? So I wanted to... To make sure I was being real, um, while also finding moments where, you know, life is very hard, but what, are the, what does it look like to have moments of grace, moments of love, friendship, um, relationship? What does that look like? And she has a lot of beautiful moments in the book. And I think her struggle, you know, is, is something that um, I don't want people to feel despair about. I want them to see it as, again, this, um, how, how life is lived when you have these kinds of challenging circumstances. Yeah. And and hoping, I would say too, Carrie, that we would have her determination, even in a what could have been a horrible incident, telling BB, I promise I'll get us out of here. And you know, even in spite of everything that was happening around her and even to her, how she was able to have that. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. Carrie Slotman is our guest for this segment. We're talking to Carrie about her new book. 
Tell Me One Thing. It is available through our friends at Amazon.com. We're going to remind you of that here in just a bit. Let's, let's talk about Quinn for a bit because I mentioned to you before we went on here, Carrie, one interesting thing about Quinn that I like. Of course, she's able to one to be the one capturing these photos, and we see her doing it in different ways, not just with Lulu. But also knowing, too, you know, what they mean for her as well, right? I mean, they could be just like Lulu wanted something better for herself. Quinn wants the same as well. What was that like for you to kind of have her story being told and to see how her layers kind of unfolded? Um, so, yeah, Quinn, you know, she has captured this photograph as she's leaving town. It's very provocative of Lulu. Lulu is sitting on the lap of a trucker. She's smoking a cigarette. Uh, it's outside of a motel room. There's a lot of implication happening there. And, you know, Quinn makes a decision after she takes that. And it's, she takes it with a Polaroid, which is also, you know, for people that know art, like that's a really challenging thing. It's a very lucky, lucky is such a weird word to use in this, mm-hmm. when I talk about this, but it's a very lucky shot. You know, she, and she acknowledges that herself. Like it's almost a photograph that shouldn't have turned out as well as it did, that shouldn't have been as, you know, like she shouldn't necessarily even had that photograph to kind of, build her career. But it is the thing that is kind of a pivotal moment in her career where she's gone from kind of a more superficial type of photography to realizing that there might be something more substantial there if she's willing to to look at some of the dark corners that we often don't want to look in and to and to really like tell the stories of people who are going through struggles. So, you know, for Quinn herself, I think there's her biggest question that, that lingers throughout the book is what was her responsibility? What is her responsibility in these situations, especially with Lulu. And I think, you know, it's important to remember Quinn is very young when she takes this photograph. She's just out of art school. So she's in her early 20s as it is. She's by no means a seasoned professional photographer. And I think um, as we see her career evolve a little bit further in the book, her relationship to some of her subjects definitely changes and is more intimate. And and I think in part, you know, that is because of the fact that she um, benefited off of you know, this, this photograph she took of Lulu. So, it, you know, this allowed me to also, there's these conversations happen in the art world all the time, you know, like I said about, you know, how, what the relationship is to subjects. There's no, I think there's still a lot of question mark around that, you know, what, what to do, what artists can do and how they can, you know, how they can be, again, authentic to the medium and tell the stories that need to get told. Um, but also think about, you know, what privacy looks like. And these are changing topics. You know, this, again, is set, you know, when she takes that photograph in 1980, um, which was pretty deliberate timeline for me because I think it would be a very different conversation if she took that photograph, you know, later on in life or if we tried to make it more present tense. So um, some of that was also, you know, some of the timeline of the book was important just to, Um, have the conversation that these are some new conversations that we're having, you know, in the art world and that artists are considering that maybe they hadn't back then. Right. And I love, too, that we're able to see that that Quinn is is also trying to figure life out as well. There's a great conversation I referenced it to you before we went on here that I thought was interesting about about life and death. Um, What was it like for you to kind of give her the opportunity to kind of think about her own past, think about her own life and her own feelings about these things and to express that. Yeah, so Quinn, um, you know, death is something that Quinn, Quinn's mother dies when she's young. That's just uh, something that we start the book knowing about with Quinn. So it's not, it's not sort of something that we learn as we're reading. But so that's, you know, Quinn already has this kind of orientation to loss that is pretty important in the way that she uh, thinks about her work. And, uh, you know, she's a photographer, again, in the 80s, so she's looking at, and, and in New York City, 
So she's in the heart of, you know, the AIDS crisis, the drugs crisis. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of loss in that. There was a lot of loss in that time. And, you know, for Quinn to be thinking about that as she's making work, you know, that she she knows she's capturing something that that will live on longer than the subjects themselves, which I think is also a really compelling idea about photography that, um, you know, it's a moment in time as time just keeps on moving. So photography, I think, you know, throughout the book, she talks about this idea of capturing things in the moment that they happen and this kind of, you know, uh, emotional or psychic time traveling when you look at photography that's been taken in the past and you kind of travel back to the memory of it and you can almost relive some of those moments. That was really important to me. And I think that that's how you, you know, how the orientation to death in it is as well. You know, this is, everything is very fleeting. And I think, um, you know, for anyone that was, you know, in the eighties at that time, and even now this, the, you know, the, we just went through, you know, we're still in a pandemic. So the idea of loss is so present, you know, and how do we reconcile that? And again, how do you reconcile that when you're, an artist making work that's capturing something while it's alive, you know, inevitably it's going to force you to think about death and to confront some of the ideas around what loss looks like in in all of its different manifestations. Exactly. Such a great thing. And I think I love the way that these, these two lives are kind of going uh, parallel in the book as well. I want to ask you about uh, something for yourself as someone who loves the arts yourself, Carrie, and then I've written this book. What was it? Was it difficult for you to let these characters go at the end? Did you find them lingering with you uh, after you close this chapter on them? And tell me one thing. It's such a great question. I was just talking with uh, a friend about this, who's also a writer. That it's so hard when you finish a book and like the characters still feel very like very much like they're real people. Um, mm-hmm. And it is. It feels really hard to let them go. And I think. Um, uh, even writing this, you know, there was moments where I would think, oh, I want to tell Quinn about, and I'm like, Quinn is not a real person. <laughs> you can't tell Quinn anything. <laughs> it gets really surreal, you know, because you spend so much time with the people that you create, and then you have to remember, like, they're fiction. And uh, I think, um, so, yeah, I had definitely, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if other writers experience this, but I go through a sort of, a weird period of sadness after I finish something because I am done interacting mm. with them constantly. And this is when it's all finished, you know, I mean, obviously there's, we're talking years of work here. So, you know, you get to be with right. them for years and you go through all the revisions and stuff, but there's a moment when you turn in the final revisions to the publisher and you know, you're done with the story and you, you really can't make any more edits. And you think, yeah, I remember just thinking like, that's it. Like I'm, I'm not, that's it. Their lives are, you know, sort of, they're done. And, it's a hard moment. And I think that, you know, for, for me at least, you know, that was the moment where I said, okay, I have to get on to the next project so that mm-hmm. I can focus my attention somewhere and repeat that whole process all over again. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Well, we, we will look forward to that. So you can go ahead and tell us right now, Carrie, when's the next book coming out? No, I'm just joking. I have two more completed books, so hopefully um, the publishing world is not fast. Uh, even with yeah. this book, it took about five years <laughs> to come out. Um, so hopefully it won't be another five years. Hopefully in the next couple of years you'll see something else coming out from me. <laughs> Got you. Well, I mean, that's just a typical reader. I mean, we, we, you know, this book, that you said it took you five years. We read it. I think it took me maybe six days. And then we're like, oh, Carrie, that was great. So when's the next one? <laughs> 
I know. But, you know, I love that question because I hope there's going to be a next one. There's a lot of things yeah. that, you know, that there's a lot of um, hurdles you have to jump over in the publishing world to get to your next book. But, um, but yeah, there will be more, I promise. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Well, Carrie, this was a great conversation. Really appreciate you stopping by. Again, everyone, Carrie Slotman has been our guest. Tell me one thing is the new book. You guys can get it, as I mentioned, through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite bookstore. Regal House Publishing is the publisher of the book. You can find out more about them on their website. And Carrie, what about for yourself? How can our audience stay connected with you? They can find me online at, I'm on Twitter at Carrie Lee JC. I am, uh, I have a website, CarrieSchlotman.com that has links to all my social media. So I would love to connect. I'd love to hear from people who read the book. Tell me what you think of it. I love to uh, engage with readers. So I look forward to it. All right, Carrie, congratulations again. Thank you again for stopping by and looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Then let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>